What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it up. That would be your Tuesday on VNA. The busy one, lot to do. As we said, TJ Ford will join the show at the end of our show. Also, Ty Harrington help us preview Texas and Texas A&M tonight in college baseball. Also, uh, in our 8 o'clock hour, we'll talk to our buddy Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas. His thoughts on the hiring of Rodney Terry from the recruiting perspective, what he's heard on the road. Also, uh, a little Texas spring football in there as well as the Longhorns. I did see a picture that our man CB on Twitter sent us of uh, Arch Manning with his uh, grandpa Archie. Picture taken in the bubble, <laughs> I guess, over the weekend. Longhorns had a big junior weekend uh, with uh, Steve Sarkeesian in town, which was uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Longhorns. There were a lot of uh, top juniors and cl- players for the class of 2024. Had a big barbecue. We'll get some uh, results on that uh, and some thoughts on that coming up as well. They also had their coaches clinic, and as we talked about, the opportunity for Jamal Fenner, the new uh, director of high school relations. They're kind of Roll out the red carpet oh, yeah. for the high school coaches all over the state this past weekend. It was a busy one, man. There's a lot going on with UT spring football, the Dell match play, the NASCAR race, Texas baseball, and, of course, the, mad- the madness of March was going on. So we're trying to recap all of it for you. Get you caught up on all that's going on. So there's our guest lineup, Jerry Hamilton, TJ Ford, Ty Harrington, all to join us and talk all things Longhorns. We're also talking NFL owners meetings and best things on a stick. It's apparently national something on a stick haagen Ooh. Yes. That's a good when I'm one. cheating on my other ice cream company, I do Haagen Dazs on a stick. Grab that quickly for about three ninety nine for a stick of that. Man, it's that expensive ice cream. Wow, that is expensive ice. cream. I don't cream. know what's so special about that. Uh, well, it's just really high quality ice cream, right? I, I guess. Um, I, I don't know what they put in it. I'm but pretty it's, sure they can make Bluebell on that same little stick. Uh, jalapeno on a stick. Somebody said uh, Wiener on a stick. That's like a corn dog, right? You got to put the breading on it. You got to have the corn dog. You can't just have nah, a You wiener. can do an open fire in a wiener. Ooh, ooh! How about a marshmallow when you when you put it on a on a stick out in the there woods? Go. That's pretty good. I mean, but you got to burn it to cook it to just the right brown. You can't get it too. Same thing too, with a wiener on a stick on the out on the flame, open flame. You got to char it. You like to char your hot dog when you do that? The like marshmallow? Uh, I'm not as the perfect roast with the marshmallow, a golden brown. Yeah, I'm a golden brown guy. Yeah, once it yeah. starts to get to the black side, I'm out. I'm out of the marshmallow. But, uh, yeah, good stuff I've on I've never a stick. been a s'mores guy. As a kid, I didn't like all that chocolate and marshmallow mixed together. You didn't. There's something about that if you, texture. If you, if you cook it right and you, you've already got the graham crackers and the piece of chocolate So you know ready, you're one of those professionals at all that stuff. And squeeze it together. No. And it comes off the, sti- off the stick smoothly. That's pretty good delicacy. And you know how I feel about corny dogs. But it, it a is a little red rocket. Oh, gross! <laughs> and it is true that um, the 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 what is it called? The s'more can go off the rails pretty quickly if it's oh, not yeah. done right because it can get really messy and then it's just oh a, yeah. Now you're all mad. It's, it's all over your hands. It's oh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you're out in the woods. So you can't really wash your hands. <laughs> oh man, uh, this is pork chop at Worst Fest. Wow, hands down. I haven't had that. I've been to Worst Fest. Though. That sounds pretty darn good. 
Yeah, of course, D's nuts. Corn on a stick. <laughs> of course, D's nuts on a stick. Pork chop <laughs> on a stick. You guys are you guys are great. So we'll have some fun with that. Let's get to the headlines. Trending topics to uh, lead off your Tuesday. UVO Business Services brings it to you. Start with college basketball, and as expected, Rodney Terry is an interim coach at Texas no longer after leading the Longhorns to a 29-win season, uh, Big 12 tournament title, and a run to their first. Elite Eight trip in 15 years. Terry has been named the program's permanent head coach. Celebrated his 55th birthday yesterday, the Angleton native did, and then agreed to a five-year contract. And we formally introduced as the head coach at a news conference today. Light the Tower with Jeff and Craig. We'll broadcast live from campus today beginning at 10. We'll have that introductory news conference beginning at 11 a.m. right here on the Horn. Also from College Hoops, women's Final Four is set after top-ranked South Carolina and top seed of Virginia Tech posted Elite Eight wins last night. The defending champion Gamecocks rolled past Maryland. They'll ride a 42-game win streak into Dallas this weekend. They're Friday, they're going to face Iowa in a good matchup there. Hokies clinched a trip to their first Final Four ever with a 10-point win over Ohio State last night. They're going to face LSU also on Friday. Men's Final Four set in Houston for this weekend. San Diego State will meet Florida Atlantic in the first national semifinal Saturday afternoon. Also, UConn then faces Miami in the late game. Texas baseball coming off that three-game sweep of Texas Tech this weekend and riding a 14-game winning streak. The Longhorns have entered the national rankings for the first time this season. David Pierce is Longhorns number 21 this week in the D1 Baseball Top 25. They'll head to College Station tonight to face Texas A&M, who fell out of those rankings after they were swept by Tennessee and Knoxville this weekend. The Longhorns' first road game since March the 5th. First pitch set for 6 o'clock tonight, live right here on the Horn. NBA last night, Mavericks snapped that four-game losing skid. They beat down Indiana. Houston got beat down by the New York Knicks last night at the Garden. Busy news day on the uh, NFL owners' meetings day one, including yesterday morning's bombshell tweet from Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, in which he said essentially goodbye to Baltimore fans and revealed that he had requested a trade from the team back in early March. Also in Phoenix, reports of the Jets and Packers trying to finalize the trade that would send the four-time MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers to New York. The holdup at this point has been compensation for the 39-year-old services. Jets are holding firm on not giving up their number one pick this year, which is number 13 overall. Uh, apparently willing to surrender a pair of number two round, second-round picks and potentially a future performance-based first-round pick. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, the Jets aren't that willing, are they? Well, I, 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 we said to see last week, they don't want to give up that 13th pick. You know, when they make trades in the NFL, they, they have a point value on every draft pick, right? There's a point value. So when you start trading draft picks, you try to add up the points. And this Jimmy Johnson, the former Cowboys coach, was the first one to really put that into a numerical statistic. And, you know, the, the 13th pick is a pretty valuable point. I mean, that's a pretty valuable pick. And the Jets want to use that on another piece, foundational piece for their sure. football team. Uh, and obviously the Packers would like to have that pick, but the, the Jets have been unwilling to give it up. Remember last week when they traded Elijah Moore, the receiver, to the Browns for a second-round pick? Yeah, they're trying to give him two. Well, they want to give – well, and then they signed Mecole Hardeman to replace Elijah Moore as a weapon in New York. Well, they would like to give – I think what the, what the negotiations are is we will give you our second-round pick this year, and now we've acquired – because they have back-to-back picks now because they and the Browns pick back-to-back. So now they have the Browns pick in the second round. So if they give up one of their seconds this year, they still have a second now. Right. Uh, and they keep their first. And then they'd be willing to potentially, it sounds like, give up a future first-round pick. Uh, and as we've said, it's contingent. I mean, the Jets are saying to the Packers, look, Aaron Rodgers said before he came out of the darkness retreat that he was 90% leaning towards retiring. Well, we don't want to give up the 13th pick in the draft and then have this guy year? play one year and then he retires. Sure. 
we'll give you a first-round pick if he plays for us for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it would be a conditional first-round pick that would probably be, be sent next year. And obviously, if you're the Jets, the idea is if we get Aaron Rodgers this year, we're going to be drafting a lot further down next year than 13th. We'll be back at the back end because Aaron Rodgers is going to elevate us to that mm-hmm. level, and now we'll be picking in the late 20s or 30s. So I think that's the negotiations. I don't. They don't want to give up both of those twos. They'll give up this year's two, one of those, and then next year's two or a one, kind of a conditional conversation. I think it gets done, and maybe this week while they're all in Phoenix gathered is when that'll happen. But uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Jets this year. That's going to happen. It's really about what it's going to cost. And the you know, the, there's no rush right now. So no. the Packers are like, well. We really want that 13th pick. And the Jets are like, we're not giving it to you. No, you're not going to get it. We need that pick. And, you know, there'll be deadlines make deals. And at some point, they're going to have to go to minicamps. And, you know, the the Packers don't want Aaron Rodgers showing up to minicamp. No, they do not. And the Jets would like to have Aaron Rodgers show up to start installing the offense so if something he's going to be their quarterback. Done. So I got to think something will get done as those things get closer. Uh, okay. So uh, also, I was surprised to see John Lynch. He's the. Uh, the head, the general manager of the 49ers, and he said he thinks that uh, when you talk about their quarterback race in San Francisco, that um, you know you know it's Trey Lance who they had traded up a couple years ago to get and make the quarterback of the future, and then they drafted Brock Purdy this year, the Iowa State quarterback with the last pick of the draft, and they also signed Sam Darnold. And at the owners' meetings yesterday, he said, uh, "I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse." If we were to line up, he'd probably be he would probably take the first snap. Now does that indicate that they think he's going to be healthy to play at the start of the next season? No, he's not ready to play next year. I mean he's, he's he just underwent surgery to repair the ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. But they think he's the quarterback of the future still for them. That's interesting. That John Lynch says he's the and look, I mean it's a performance-based league and he played great. And who knows how the NFC Championship game goes if he didn't get hurt right. on the first series of the game. So uh, I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. If we were to line up, he'd probably take the first snap. Yeah, so, if he was healthy, yeah, he'd be taking it. But you don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. What is his arm going to be like? And Trey Lance said, yeah, it makes sense. I watched it from the sidelines. He was really good. Uh, same time, Trey Lance is still going to compete to be that guy too because – he wasn't playing last year because of performance. He got hurt in the first game of the year. And, uh, oh, he'll have his opportunity. He'll start getting well enough to play by the time the season rolls well, around. And, and, you know, I think there's probably a little message sent to Trey Lance from John Lynch. Hey, sure. You know, you're going to be leading through our mini camps. You're going to lead us through this offseason. Well, you're going to be leading us during the damn season. And, by the way, you better have a good season. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's interesting. But uh, the days of our quarterback lives continue. Let's dive into our coach's corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's avconsultations.com online. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. They never, ever do. Never, ever, 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 ever do. Uh, all right, so Rodney Terry Buck in as the head coach. Not a huge surprise. Somebody said, hey, no apology from Dick Vitale for calling out UT administrators classless. Come on, man. Yeah, Dickie V did send a tweet yesterday congratulating Rodney Terry, but no, because uh, he, he did last week call Texas classless for not getting a deal done when all Chris Del Conte said was, look, we're going to wait till the end of the season and we'll work it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that was that was hard whatsoever. He just told you what he was going to do. What else can you ask for a guy? If he says he's going to tell you, I'm going to do it when the season's over with, you just take it that, boy, the season didn't end very long before he he told you exactly what he was doing, right? 
And, you know, I know some people still disagree with it, that, that this was Chris Del Conte's way of handling it. But, you know, you know, several people said that, you know, tennis, college basketball is not tennis. But Chris Del Conte can, can rely on the previous handling of the tennis coach situation. If you remember the head tennis coach at Texas, Michael Center was fired, got caught up in that FBI. What was that thing, that scandal with uh, – you know, admissions and what the full went on. house lady. Yeah, the full house lady and him and he, well, got he, fired. he has a way of doing what he, he's going to tell right. you he's going to do. That's his way, right? And he he handled. You know, Bruce Burke took over that year and they won the national championship in and they waited tennis. Till, yeah, and they waited till the and season was over. He wasn't named the permanent head coach until the season was over with a national championship. And I, you know, whether, whether you agree with that or not, that was going to be Chris Del Conte's way of handling that. Uh, and you know, I mean, you don't like I said, you don't walk the hallways with a guy without having some kind of discussion, hey, come here, I want to talk to you for a second. I mean, that just doesn't go on. People people have conversations. They can tell you that, oh, my agent hasn't talked to them, whatever, but you don't walk with the same guy every day in, in the same hallway when you're at, at this level of any kind of business without saying, hey, I, I need to talk to you for a second. Well, like I do, and Between I will. me and you, this is what's going on. This is what's going to well, happen. Well, I will. You know, it was Kirk Bowles yesterday who tweeted out he was the first to have the details of the contract as far as the money which would tell you he was in direct contact with the agent who would have told him that, which is why the agent used Kirk Bowles last week to get the word out that Pittsburgh and, or excuse me, Penn State and California are interested. It's fair to say that Roddy Terry wanted some security that this was going to get done. Um, and, you know, did that did that report and did getting that out there put some pressure? Because, look, if Texas had won on Sunday and beaten Miami, and the national media and everybody's headed to Houston for the Final Four. If Texas were going, that would have been that would have been on, that would have been awkward for Chris Del Conte to have to handle taking in the same tack that he took with tennis, because I mean the entire college basketball media would be down in Houston covering that event and would want to know, hey, why this guy's in the Final Four? Why haven't you gotten a deal done yet? You wonder if something would have gotten done next year, next this week. I don't know, but now it obviously doesn't. I can only happen. take the gap for his word. What he said he's going to do. That's right. And this is the way I handle my business. That's all. I, that's all you can do. That's right. That's right. Uh, but I do think Rodney Terry's side got the word out last week, and to, because again, there we need some assurances here, guys. Because uh, if, if it doesn't, well, there are going to be other people that are going to be interested in you, no sure. matter what, whether you're going to get the job or not. Yeah, and, when you do as well and as you I did. think there was some negotiation as far as number of years on the contract and push for. Well, that's just a part of getting a job. Oh, absolutely, and hey, you know, this isn't the only place that wants to talk to us. Uh, you were doing a good job over here, so I could see that uh, absolutely being being part of. It. But yeah, CDC was true to his word, and uh, the deal got done. Uh, pretty early yesterday. Let's hear some uh, sound from the owners' meeting yesterday. Here is John Harbaugh. You know, his quarterback is Lamar Jackson, who seems pretty convinced that he's out, and he has that requested a trade. Uh, here's John Harbaugh, though. He's he's not thinking like that at all. Uh, I do. You know, you gotta you gotta plan for all the contingencies for sure. But uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty fired up about Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a great player. Lamar uh, came back in great shape last year. He's fired up to play. Uh, that's the Lamar that I'm looking for. Looking forward to seeing. Can't wait to get back on the grass and go to work, and I'm confident that's going to happen. Okay. It's been a long time since you guys have been face-to-face probably, though. Well, it's interesting because you keep hearing him talk very positively like they're building, you know, they hired their new offensive coordinator. Remember they hired uh, uh, the Georgia offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, to come in and help right. Georgia win back-to-back national championships with Kirby Smart. He's come in to run the offense, and John Harbaugh has said that part of that was to – to further evolve Lamar Jackson in this offense. So. And, and I don't know how, how head coaches, I mean, I, I maybe Shanahan and, you know, John Lynch are together when they start talking to a, play, to a player or an agent. They're both in a meeting. I don't know how Harbaugh works. I don't, I don't know how that works. 
You know, well, I, I do think that there's certainly a new in Baltimore. There's the front office handles front office, and John Harbaugh is a part of it, but he really just coaches the players they yeah. provide him. He doesn't sit there in meetings like that. Yeah, with Lamar Jackson, he doesn't see him face to face. So it it's sounds- the other guys that say, "Hey, we offered you 133 million dollars. What do you want us to do? We're going to set the market. Here it is. You want it or not? By the way, you've been hurt the last couple of years. At the end of the- those, nobody wants to hear about how bad you are. They just want to hear that." I need to make more money or close to the kind of money Deshaun Watson makes. That's what I need to do. That's that's what I think my value is. And when you start telling me about what I'm not, that's why you need an agent because you don't get to hear that to your face, you know? Yeah, well, and and I, I'm pretty sure John Harbaugh stays out of those meetings. That's right? what I mean, okay. That's, that's Eric DaCosta, the general manager. That's Ozzie Newsome. And, I, um, and, and Shanahan may do the same thing. No, He's, but Shanahan's different. Shanahan, remember – Shanahan has final say in San Francisco. He's the boss. Right. He okay. Is, so he's in those yeah, kind of meetings. And and when, when but when when Kyle Shanahan got the the head coaching job in San Francisco, leaving Atlanta, he wanted a general manager to run the day to day show. Right. He want he didn't want that role of being the general manager, but he wants final say on roster. So he convinced the 49ers to hire John Lynch, mm-hmm. who he had known from with his dad. So he's in the big meetings. Yeah, but it, but in you know, I don't know the dynamic perfectly in Baltimore to where. You know, is it Eric DaCosta was final say in Baltimore, the owner, Steve Bashotti? But we know in San Francisco, final say belongs to Shanahan. Mm-hmm. He, he is the final arbiter on— Whether he's sitting there or not, he makes that decision. He yes. tells you what you need to say to him. That's the chain of command. Now, now John Lynch handles the role of general manager. He runs the, the front office. He runs sure. what they do, working with the scouts and working, you know, with the, you know, building the draft board and all of that. But in the end, Shanahan has final say. In Baltimore, I think it's more with the front office, higher, you know, drafts players. John Harbaugh coaches the is players. Is that Newsom still in that— Management. He's like way upper management. He he's got like a he's not the day to day general manager. He's still involved. Eric DaCosta is the uh, the everyday general manager. Now, the other general manager that's interesting is uh, New York Jets GM Joe Douglas. He came from Baltimore. Uh, he was in Baltimore, and he has built in a pretty short amount of time the New York Football Jets mm-hmm. into a pretty good football team, right? I mean, they're most look at them and say, wait, kind of the Jets. They're quarterback away from being pretty darn good. They're salty on defense, top five in the league. They've got a good young offensive line and good young skill players all over the place. And now we need Aaron Rodgers. Here's here's uh, Robert Sala, the uh, third year head coach, yesterday at the NFL owners meetings, talking about the excitement of potentially landing Aaron Rodgers to be their quarterback. I mentioned it yesterday. Um, you know, we've come a long way in two years, and uh, to have a guy of his caliber, to, um, and really, uh, there, there's a lot of guys off there. You know, we've, uh, a lot of guys have wanted to come here and play, and uh, there's a lot of excitement around the organization, and it's, uh, it's a cool thing to be a part of. It's, um, so hopefully we can, you know, just continue moving forward and uh, capitalize on the, on the momentum. Yeah, he, he's excited because he knew there were guys like uh, Derek Carter wanted to be there. Yeah, uh, and I want. By the way, as a coach, I wanted him to be there. Well, he's also excited to not have Zach Wilson be his quarterback this year. <laughs> yes, because that guy was a disaster. Let's also hear from John Lynch, which he aforementioned. Here's his comment on Brock Purdy. Hear it from his own uh, from his own mouth that he plans on. Uh, he, he says Brock Purdy has earned the right if he gets healthy to be our quarterback. I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played. That he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. You know, I'll let Kyle make those kind of decisions. But I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned that right to be the be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. And um, really excited about where Trey is at with his uh, progress from his injury. Um, he's been working really hard, and um, you know, 
love the opportunity to be able to bring in Sam Darnold and his skill set. We think it's a really good fit, and uh, so we like that. We like that room a lot. Yeah, and as for you, Sam, you're just kind of an afterthought. But if you're if you're healthy, you may be the healthiest one out of all of them, really. Well, who knows? Just think about it. Two guys. They got two guys. One may not play the year. The other one, you don't know after what the ankle's like until you get out there and start making moves and making cuts. And then there's Sam. Hey, but we got you too, Sam. You're here, just in case. But yeah, if Brock, if all things were equal, Brock Purdy would be the guy starting. He'd be starting before Trey Lance, of course. He learned that performance-based yeah. league, and uh, Trey Lance has not shown that yet. And Brock Purdy did led them to the NFC Championship game, beat the Cowboys, of course. It says Cowboys fan here. Wait, teams are allowed to have general managers? <laughs> yes, you can have a chain of command. Yes, you, can you can have a hierarchy, and then the yeah, Cowboys is Jerry. Uh, Lamar Jackson's actual tweet said, in regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not, have not been interested in meeting my value. And uh, any and everyone that, that's met me uh, or, or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team. So Lamar Jackson making it clear he has requested his way out of Baltimore. We'll talk more about that coming up. Also, the Ravens, by the way, Lamar Jackson, just the latest Raven you know, star player to be disgruntled with the front office. I mean, this is not a new phenomenon. I know a lot of people criticize Lamar Jackson for not having an agent, but the Ravens have to own some of this as well for their handling of their best players. We'll also get to uh, Hot or Not for the end of this hour. More on the Rodney Terry hiring at Texas, how it impacts the recruiting trail. It's a busy Tuesday here on Beanie. It's Bucky and Aaron. Good question on the Specs text line from the Show the People audience. Says, uh, do we know if the staff is going to stay with RT? That's a fair question. And that's uh, part of what will be, I think, revealed and answered at the press conference today, introducing Rodney Terry as the uh, permanent head coach on a new five-year contract. I would assume that most of the staff will be retained. But, again, that's that's now in Rodney Terry's control. He didn't hire the assistants that are on this staff. That was Chris Beard. And it obviously would be in Chris or Rodney Terry's purview to make some decisions on that front. Now, Chris Ogden, who, of course, was you know, last year, started the year as kind of the chief of staff for Chris Beard. He wasn't even uh, on the coaching staff itself. Uh, but when Chris Beard was dismissed, he, he rejoined the coaching staff. He had a nice tweet, uh, you know, in, indicating his excitement about, uh, you know, the, the hiring of Rodney Terry and that, the, you know, keep this thing going in Austin. So that would be an indication. So we'll hear more from Rodney Terry today of what his intentions. I, I would assume that, if the staff wants to return, Rodney Terry would like to keep this group together and keep on rolling uh, with, with you know, the, the recruiting class that they have coming in and the foundation of which they, they have coming back. Yeah, but don't think for one second other people aren't asking, talking about these guys oh, going sure. to other places. You know that. I mean, that's, you know, Chris Beard. They went on to talk to some well, of these hell guys, Well, yeah, too. you would. I mean, he's the one who, who picked a bunch of these guys to come here with him when he was here. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think there's uh, – uh, you know, uh, it'll. I, I think there'll be more clarity on that after 11 o'clock today when uh, Rodney Terry is, is. I'm sure he'll be asked that question and may address it um, leading forward. But or yes. he may have addressed that during the weekend after that game was over with with those guys. Well, yeah. Now that the contract is done, they had to work that out yesterday, which they did. Uh, obviously, when they got back home from Kansas City, it was in the agent's hands to make sure they worked out the details of a new five-year deal. And now the next step will be the coaching staff, and then beyond that. And for what you've done, you're going to get your 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 pay. You know, you're going to get pay raises. 
I would guess. Yeah. I would guess. There'll be some some bumps and some guarantees. But, yes, that's the next step. And then beyond that, it's the roster building and sure. the roster maintaining. So that's, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to hear Rodney Terry today. We've heard Rodney in this role of, of acting head coach and interim head coach, you know, he wasn't certain if he would be here beyond the end of the year, and, and now he knows that. And now he can answer those questions of the future and how this roster will be built and the uh, ability to retain guys like Dylan DeSue. Well, can you get him back for he has another year of eligibility if he wants it? Uh, Tyrese Hunter becomes a conversation. There are a lot of those guys of Dylan Mitchell and Arterio Morris. There's a lot of conversations there, and this will be our first chance to hear from Rodney as the official all you know, permanent head coach of Texas. So I think we'll we'll, we'll, we'll hear some of that today for sure. Uh, at 11 o'clock with Craig and Jeff. They'll be down there live. Yeah, generally you like to try to start giving people the direction of your program, even if you're not quite sure because you just got the gig. But obviously the direction that you were going in, the trajectory was pretty damn good. So you do have a great foundation. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And they now do. it's just just replacing some pieces now. Well, and I think they have a pro- a product that we got to see on display that that kid, the young guy young players want to play for, uh, play in that arena, um, play you know for this coach that became such a uh, you know a, a big part, maybe the best story, one of the better stories of the run the March Madness you know month of March here. Sure, I can't even imagine why Dylan DeSue wouldn't want to be a part of this if he unless he's just done with basketball. Yeah, we're going to ask Jerry Hamilton that question coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, he's, you know, he's really good on the football recruiting, but he's really tied in on the basketball side of things. Uh, get his thumbnail on what he's hearing with, you know, potentially, you know, the Texas roster, but also recruits and the future because that's what it's all about. Because if you're Rodney Terry, you're looking now five years down the road. What can this program become? And I don't think we changed the bar at all. Well, from where Chris Beard wanted it to be a Monday night program, where we're cutting down the nets on a Monday night as a national championship program. I'm assuming you'll you'll hear Rodney Terry echo a lot of that today, and just keep this thing going because it, look, I mean, if you let's just play it best case scenario, you bring everybody back that can come back. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation of a pretty good basketball team. You know, you've got Tyrese Hunter and Arterio Morris as a, as your backcourt with AJ Johnson, a, a true freshman five star from California coming in. Uh, front court, you're looking at Dylan DeSue, Dylan Mitchell, uh, Brock Cunningham returns as kind of that swing player. Uh, he's already said he's coming back. Uh, Anna Mekwe, uh, the other freshman that's here, uh, Rowan, uh, Rowan Brumbaugh, uh, a point guard from, from uh, the East Coast who came in last year. So it's the foundation of a pretty good team. Uh, and then, you know, the ability to attack the portal for, uh, for uh, other pieces that, that where you feel like you're, you have holes or depth. And you know, one of the real strengths of this team this year was, it, was its maturity, was its depth. And I think Rodney Terry is going to try to kind of build on that and uh, try to keep that coming because it's you know the best programs in college basketball now are to be the ones that are bringing in you know five star type of talent at the bottom end, but also adding veteran players at the top through the portal that can help solidify and solidify rotations and bring experience to the table. Uh, and you know by next year, if Tyrese Hunter's back as your your lead guard, he's a third year player. Yeah, and then you're going to need shooters. Yep, knock down shots. Knockdown shots because your best shooters are leaving, right? Marcus yes. Carr and uh, Serge Jabari Rice 
were your best shooters. Timmy Allen was one of your more productive offensive players in that mid-range game. Yeah, you lose a, you lose a lot of offense now. Now, if, if you're if you're saying Dylan DeSue's coming back, and you can project that as a what we saw from him in the last month, where his offensive game really become. Do you think Dylan DeSue? You were just thinking guy that was a glue guy and and doing the dirty work down low. Can you project Dylan DeSue as a kind of a go-to player replacing that Timmy Allen paint production uh, at, a, at maybe even a higher level? And if that is where you can go with Dylan DeSue, you feel really good about that. Yeah, and if Mitchell brings his offense along, and then, yeah, I would think you'd, you'd feel pretty good. And then there's a kid like Ron Holland who's the really dynamic player out of Duncanville. You know, He, he plays all the positions. Well, he, and he, he's, he's built, when you see him, like Dylan Mitchell, but his offensive game is much yeah, more Yeah, his handles developed. are better, yeah. Uh, that's the kind of guy you, you 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 can get an immediate impact on on both ends, and you know can. Dylan, that's why you need another veteran out of that portal. Just well, this, another, maybe maybe more than one, right? I mean, yeah. that's, But that's down the road. But same time, you know what? At least you're you're sure you know in. what your 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 foundation is. Well, and, already, and can you get to work with uh, your assistant coaches and 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 Dylan Mitchell and help him evolve his offensive game? Well, you don't you don't have a choice if he's back. He can't be the same dude. Yeah, he can't be just a guy who's. Getting tip ins and playing decent well, defense. And let's be fair, on this team, he was—that's what he was asked to do. He was going to be a guy. We're not going to run any plays for you. Uh, you're going to be use your athleticism on both ends of the floor. Uh, I mean, the, but the offense is going to run through Marcus Carr. It's going to run through Timmy Allen. It's going to run through Jabari Rice, uh, Tyrese Hunter. Next year, you know, if you, if you put in the work, you could start running some of the offense through him. And that's got to be, you know, one of those carrots for him to Im- improve because he wants to play at the next level. Uh, Dylan Mitchell has the athleticism to play in the NBA, but he's got to get a lot better. Uh, on the offensive end of the floor. Um, yeah, and Dylan DeSue, I mean, who knows what his offense was going to be like. His offense it really has ch- it changed this year. You know, I think he was a very much more confident in his body, his leg. And, yeah, I would expect that he would continue on, an, on, on the path of being a pretty good offensive player. I don't think he'd be taking a step back. Yeah, agreed, agreed, and and boy, the confidence he finished with—that's why oh, yeah. that's why last weekend was so disappointing to not have him and him not be able to help because you know when when Jim Laranega in Miami went to a, essentially a five guard lineup in the second half, I mean Dylan Mitchell, Dylan DeSue would have torn that up down low. I mean he could have had a field day in the paint offensively uh, when things were going rough at the end of that game because uh, Laranega really—I mean he went five, five guards for mm-hmm. tougher stretches of the late in that game when their bigs bigs got in foul trouble. And I mean, you had that part of the dribble drive trouble Texas has is you had bigs trying to guard guards, um, and Texas was so cognizant of the three ball, and it it uh, it was a mismatch. But you know, if you have Dylan DeSue healthy, you can take advantage of that on the other end. Where well, they're For going sure. five guards, we're going to pound you down low, just like we did to Penn State, and we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of that. But they didn't have that option no. in this game, uh, so disappointing. But yes, if 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 Dylan DeSue can take that confidence that he built. As the most outstanding player of the Big Twelve tournament, yeah, you don't expect a guy to take go backwards. Yeah, when he's just a, finding his offense, really. Well, and then at that point, your offense is just on paper is built around Tyrese Hunter and Arterial Morris. And by the way, Arterial Morris, uh, with another year of offseason development, yes. is a freak athlete who you know he can be one of the best defenders in the Big Twelve. His athleticism on ball defense, he can be a really impact player on both ends of the floor. As a two guard uh, in that offense, with with Tyrese Hunter running the point, um, you know that's an opportunity for improvement. So yeah, there's a lot to like, and we're going to hear from Rodney Terry today on uh, what his plan is. And you know, who knows? Some of those guys might decide to go somewhere else, and that's the day and age of college basketball we live in. I I, I sense that there was such a fun run here that people want to; those players would like to stay a part of this. And Rodney Terry bring keeps the consistency in place that they all loved playing for this year. 
with Bob Donawald and Chris Ogden and the rest of that coaching staff. So yeah, I mean, why? Would, I mean, a guy like Dylan DeSue, if your your aspirations are to play in the NBA, why wouldn't you do it with where your offense has got found right here? Let's let's go. You're not going to want to, or you're just done playing basketball. That's that's your th- that's your thing, you know. Yeah, he's played a lot of basketball. No, I, you know, all these guys want to play at the next level, whether that's professionally in, in in around the world or in the NBA. Of course, would be the goal. You know, if you're Dylan DeSue, that's what you want to work towards, and you got to keep working on your game. And uh, that's what all these guys are, are shooting for. So we'll hear from Rodney Terry eleven o'clock today. Uh, you know, all this speculation we're doing and, and conjecture. I think we'll get some clarity on it from the head coach now, who now knows this is his program. Uh, on a five-year deal and the opportunity to take this thing to the next level and keep, well, actually keep it on the trajectory that it was on and just build on it is yep. really going to be the goal. Uh, we'll ask Jerry Hamilton those questions coming up as well from Inside Texas at the top of the hour after the headlines. Also, T.Y. will lead us through some hot or not topics. We're talking NFL quarterbacks as well with the NFL owners' meetings in play. I mentioned that the Ravens, I mean, think about this with Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is just the latest star player to get cross with the front office of the Ravens. Um, Orlando Brown, the left tackle, who they traded to mm-hmm. the Chiefs, he wasn't happy with the deal, uh, wasn't happy with how that was going. The uh, the Hayden Hurst, the tight end, Hollywood Brown, um, Patrick Queen, a linebacker, has, has who out of LSU has expressed some uh, disgruntlement that they're you know they're not moving closer to a new contract. No, this whole thing with Lamar Jackson, it's not just him. Uh, a lot of the star players in Baltimore aren't happy with the, kind of the low ball offers they're getting from the team, and so so it's fair to ask the questions of the Ravens. I mean, we just kind of we kind of give the the front office a pass there because Baltimore's been so consistently good as a team and an organization. Well, they haven't won a Super Bowl. They they didn't put enough weapons around Lamar Jackson in his rookie contract years you're right. to maximize those. And I think you're starting to hear some of the best players of the Ravens say, "Wait a second, guys, why are we messing around with our quarterback?" Because, you know, I mean, every player in that locker room knows Lamar Jackson's value to that team and that he's kind of carried the franchise here for the last, you know, three years when he's healthy. You know, why are we why are we as an organization screwing around with our quarterback? Because you're screwing around with all of us. That's all of us, man. You know, if you're messing around with this, and now Lamar, I mean, when that tweet came out yesterday, I mean, there was a, a shock sent through the NFL that Lamar Jackson has actually requested his way out. That's the most affirmative thing we've heard. you got to think that sent a shockwave through the locker room. Wait a second. We're really going to let this guy go. We thought this was all about negotiations and guaranteed money, and you guys are going to screw this up, and we're going to have you got a guy who wants to get out of here now. Tyler Huntley is our quarterback next year. What are we doing? Yeah, I think that's that's a fair question to ask about the front office of Baltimore of how they're handling. Uh, I you, it's one thing to be fiscally smart and handle your money and the salary cap and all those things. Same time, you got to keep harmony in your locker room. Well, they never thought about it when he won the MVP. They thought, well, we can cruise another couple of years. Gone, no. That quarterback situation and the money changed. I well, want you in the MVP. But it takes two to tango. Lamar Jackson has to have a suitor before he can get traded. Oh, no, they've already told him what he's worth. Yeah. Uh, so we'll come back. When we do, Ty will lead us through the hot or not topics. All of those are good for us. We'll take your thoughts. Some things we've missed, though. Halfway through a Tuesday edition, Ty will have that for us. Plus, uh, he may have some four and Final Four tickets he's looking to unload. We'll get you that from Ty coming up. Plus, Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Ty Harrington, TJ Ford, all to join the show before the before we wrap it. It's BD on a busy Tuesday. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot? What's not? Is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Both Final Fours set, men's and women's. A lot of one seeds 
and top seeds headed to the women's tournament, including South Carolina, who's won 42 games in a row, looking for back-to-back natties at the Gamecocks. They're going to play Iowa. That's going to be a heck of a matchup in the uh, first game on Friday, or in the, their matchup on Friday. LSU will play Virginia Tech in the other. Uh, of course, the men's side features a four seed, two fives, and a nine uh, this weekend. Hey, let's all get on the uh, bandwagon for the Mean Green, Buck. The Mean Green. North mean Texas got a big game. Yeah, baby. North Texas tonight. My daughter goes to school in North Texas. Also happens to be Craig Way's alma mater and some others. But my daughter goes to North Texas. They play Wisconsin tonight. Semifinals of the NIT. I'm kind of bummed that they moved the NIT out of New York to Vegas. You know what I mean? And that was it was cool to play at the Garden. Yeah, it certainly was. Part of the um, the lore of that tournament. Remember when the Longhorns won the Nitty? The Longhorns and Shaka Smart brought where, home the banner for the Nitty. Where's the banner? Where is that banner? It's in the Moody Rafters. <clears throat> the Mood. It's also, still in the Frank Irwin hanging alone. They left <laughs> no. it there. Oh, I don't know. They, they left it hanging. We got to figure that out. I'll look um, for it we were, next time we were wondering that's why North Carolina wouldn't go play in that thing. Come on. It's a championship. The nitty. The NIT. Tar Hill's never going to go to that. It was, they should have gone. No. Come on, man. It's part of college basketball. Well, their best players are transferring. Yeah, I saw Caleb that. Love. People have already said this. When the portal fires up, Caleb Love is in the portal. He's their leading scorer. It was a big, and the big guy said he was coming back for He's a back. nut. Baycott, yeah. Baycott will be back. Yeah, the He's portal, coming back there? I mean, gosh. That I mean, NIL money must be huge there well, for him. They, look, this happens in basketball. Plus, you don't have to go to school there, right? You don't play school, right? Don't they play makeup classes they still made, at Carolina? Yeah, they got caught for that, making up fake making classes. Up fake classes. That's a, well, look, I mean, there's a, when, they, when, when NIL came online in the portal, the, uh, the argument was that Blue Bloods like North Carolina were going to dominate. Yeah. Uh, the opposite is true. There's a four, two fives, and a nine in the final four right now. It's a tournament unlike any other. Now this might some year, money down there, Del Boca Vista. This this year might be an outlier, but at the same time, it's spreading the talent. Players are moving, and they're not just and then they're staying and joining you know very veteran teams. I mean, the the, the depth of the, the sport has gotten better with the NIL and the portal at fear at least in the early stages of this. So uh, yeah, North Texas plays Wisconsin tonight. Utah Valley plays UAB, the Blazers. And then the winners will You meet. can believe you won't see any football teams coming out of the blue like this because of it. It's different in basketball, those five guys. TCU. TCU was not picked by anybody, and they had a very veteran team with the most experienced roster in the Big 12, a new coach, and this guy Max Duggan had a great year. That was the luckiest team in the history of college football. <laughs> they knocked well, out, what, like seven starting quarterbacks? Yeah. Yeah, every well, week they were knocking somebody yeah, out. That team's winning four games. But this the year. one thing you can say about TCU is their average age of player was like twenty two, oh, yeah, twenty three years team. old. Yeah, they were. Which is kind of what we're seeing in March Madness. These veteran teams, um, you know, veterans. You can't coach experience, and you got guys no. that have been through the battles and you know college weight rooms. You hit the portal, and I'll say this for Sonny Dykes, and you may say it was lucky, but Sonny Dykes did the exact same thing at SMU when he took SMU from. You know where it was to a higher level because he recruited. You hit the portal and brought a bunch of Metroplex kids back, and all of a sudden SMU was a good, good team. Good, when not he, national championship. Yeah, but that's contenders. at SMU. That's about the level they're going to get to. TCU. SMU beat TCU like three out of the five years. Sonny know, Dykes was there. I know that, and that's so. I I would just say let's just not say what Sonny Dykes did at TCU was a one year thing. That might be. I'm not saying he's going to jump right back again this year because it's not all those veterans move on for them. But I don't think that'll be the last example of a TCU we see. And especially, Buck, since we're going to 12 teams in 2024. Of 12 teams in the tournament that'll be able to... That only opens up the door for another SEC teams. That's all that does. 
more teams from the SEC get a chance to get in. And other every conference will have opportunities. Uh, come on, man. Give me some Coastal Carolina up in there, the fun belt. No, no. T.Y., who you got uh, in our hot or not? What do you have for us, my friend? Well, Robert Kraft came out yesterday at the uh, the league meetings or whatever you call them um, and said that Meek Mill, the rapper who was incarcerating, he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Uh, he's worked with Robert Kraft on some social justice issues in recent years. Said that uh, he Meek Mill texted Robert Kraft and said that Lamar Jackson wants to be a Patriot, but uh, Robert Kraft said it's not up to him. Bill, Bill Belichick has to okay it. Hey, well, that's right. You heard it. But it's, it's, it's been thrown out there by the owner. I gotta think. He's been texting his buddy. Belichick has a high opinion of Lamar Jackson. If you listen back to some press conferences when they were playing the Ravens, before and after games of just. Uh, what a superstar he is, how difficult he is on a team to prepare for. Uh, that'd be interesting. Have those higher thoughts about other players as they become your own. I think Lamar Jackson is better than Mac Jones. I will say that. I believe my, Lamar Jackson is a better and more yes. dynamic offensive player at that position than Mac Jones. Yes. Bill O'Brien, though, will he maximize Lamar Jackson? Sure he will. He's uh, an offensive genius. Yeah, that's Deshaun Watson. All right, we'll come back. B&E with you. Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas joins us. His thoughts on Rodney Terry and the future of the Texas basketball program.